This is The Rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Nice win for the Phoenix Suns last night, 119-113 over, kind of an under-the-radar scrappy Cleveland team. The Suns now 14-9 on the year, and we are joined on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. It's one of my favorite guests. John Bloom is on the line. Bloomer, how are you doing tonight? Luke, I'm fantastic. Good to be with you, my man. Uh, and uh, when both teams, uh, you know, that are in the season right now are on win streaks. I know. Like, who would have ever thunk it? The only difference is I don't think the Suns are playing Cleveland seven times in a row. That's about yeah, it. Then it would be a little bit like uh, the Globetrotters, Washington General situation, which actually it's starting to feel like with the Coyotes and the Blues. Maybe they could take this on the road and just beat them in every city in the NHL. Well, who knows? I, mean, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point with the, with the way sports are this year. Um, let's let's start with uh, – I, I want to go a little, little – everybody talks about Aiton and Booker and Chris Paul – who through the first 23 games has been your unsung hero of this team? Mikel Bridges. Didn't even take me a, a lot to think of that, did it? Uh, I just heard you mention, you know, Aiden, Booker, Chris Paul. Those are the guys that I think everybody would consider the big three uh, for this team if you had to pick a big three. But uh, I don't think you can leave Mikel Bridges much uh, further out of that conversation. He's trying to fight his way into that big three, and he's playing at a very high level. I know he went through a stretch where he just could not hit a three. Uh, he had like four games of an offer in a row, or maybe three offers in a row, and that was uh, tough. That was almost like the universe writing itself, though, because he was so hot early, uh, shooting 50% from downtown. And now the stroke's coming back, so it's encouraging that it, you know it's not gone and uh, forever. Uh, but that was only one facet, you know, the fact that he was able to hit the threes early. I think we all expect him to play defense at a high level, and he still is, even though the steal number is down this season. Uh, he's still bothering people and, and doing a lot of things that don't show up in the box score on that side. So that's my guy as far as, uh, you know, the most impressive. But there are several candidates. I mean, uh, there are guys that have just had small stretches. But that's been helpful because there's been so many changes in and out of this lineup. Something we knew going into the season was going to happen, and you heard Monty Williams and his staff and the, and the players even talk about it in the beginning of this season. And so everybody was kind of ready for it. doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be able to weather the storm well when you're uh, prepared for the storm, but uh, it seems like so far they're being able to. I mean, just the fact that they're able to go out there with five guys out of the rotation that are normal rotation guys and win is uh, impressive like they did last night. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess sort of building on that, Etwan Moore is one of those guys. He hadn't played more than 24 minutes until last night. Last night he just plays 40, plays more than everybody else, puts up 17 yeah. points. <laughs> yeah, but at a very low impact position of point guard, you know, you don't really change the game when you have the ball in your hands. No, I know Devin Booker carried the ball in his hands a lot last night and obviously did wonderful things with it as well. But Etwan Moore was fantastic. 40 minutes uh, to have the efficiency he had. He made seven of his 10 shots. Uh, and so he, he wasn't 
taking a ton of shots, but when he did, he knocked them down uh, and he had a few assists and, and he was playing good defense too. So uh, I think that's why Monty had him out there that long. You know, we were wondering, we're going to see a lot more minutes from Javon Carter, who has uh, fallen out of the rotation a little bit lately, uh, but still feel like he'll play a role on this team. And that's the thing, like, Luke, I, I remember telling you about this and we, we had a conversation about this, I think maybe even a few years ago. Uh, but when it comes to like the great coaches, one thing I learned about them is for some reason, like they're all able to hit the, the same button. And that is a button that makes everybody on that bench feel like they're engaged, feel like they're going to, if they're not going to play a role at that moment in time, at some point they're going to be called on. And so they all stay ready. And I feel like Monty Williams has made it a point to follow suit with guys like Greg Popovich and other coaches he's learned from along the way who have definitely done that with their teams. And it's a calling card of the Spurs uh, and why they've been so successful. And for crying out loud, they've got 14 wins again. I don't even know how they're doing it. Uh, and I don't want to get to that uh, on this show because we only have a limited amount of time. Let's focus on Suns basketball. But I had to throw that out there. Uh, I do think Monty Williams has borrowed that, though. And I think everybody up and down this lineup from 1 through 15 – feels engaged uh, and, and involved and is making uh, a difference with this team, with this culture, uh, and with this fan base. That's, that's a really unique thing, and uh, it's part of the reason why I'm so optimistic about this group. Talking to John Bloom, and, and yeah, Bloomer, it's a great point. I think a lot of the excitement for me that, that is there this season really started when they hired Monty Williams before last season. And you have that consistency from one year to the next, which is, I think, big with almost any coach, but especially with him. Along those lines, how big do you think that experience in the bubble, going 8-0, but more than that, just you know, being together in that environment, how much do you think that has carried over to this year? I think it was big uh, in a variety of, of ways. So one way is uh, if you want to specifically look at the growth of individuals, I would put Cam and Mikel at the top of that list with what the jump they were able to take, uh, the added wrinkles to their offensive game, uh, the strengths, uh, which both of them seem to add in that break between March and then when they went to the bubble in August. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, th- from an individual standpoint, I would definitely say those two. And I'd also put Dario in that uh, category because he made such a huge impact for the Suns in the bubble and I can't wait to have him back and and see him do the same for this team moving forward it's part of what I think is so impressive that they've been able to accomplish this without him because I do think he is an impact player for this team Uh, so those are the guys that I would point out the next thing I would say about the bubble and what it did uh, was it solidified the trajectory this team is on uh, you know for the outsiders for the people around the NBA that were looking in at the Suns and saying, where's this team going? What's, the, what, what's their identity? What's their future like? They started to realize, you know what, maybe they are ready to take a step. And one of the biggest impacts that had was convincing a certain point God that he should take that step and engineer a trade to make it here to the Valley and help this team, you know, start to really uh, turn that corner. So I I think it's all those things that you heard Jay Crowder talk about the impressions, uh, the sons in the bubble left on him and why he wanted to come join this group. Obviously Chris Paul coming here first made, uh, made that decision even easier for Crowder, but I do think the bubble was a big role in that. Well, how about with Chris Paul? I mean, I know so much focus was on what can he do for DeAndre Ayton, and we've seen there's there's been an obvious impact on DeAndre Ayton, but what have you seen as far as, as Chris Paul's impact on some of the other guys on this team? 
Yeah, I think it's uh, okay. Let, let's start with uh, his backcourt mate, Devin Booker, who I love, uh, you know, listening to him talk about the relationship because it's, uh, it's, it, it, you can see Chris Paul's fingerprints on the words that Devin Booker's using, if that makes any sense. Um, I can, I can, you know, he, he's a sponge. Devin Booker is, we remember this back when Earl Watson was the coach and Earl Watson would have his way of preaching. And then you'd hear it come out in Devin Booker. And, and at that time, obviously it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, having the same impact in wins and losses, but I think it had an impact in his growth and his maturity in the league. Uh, now I think Chris Paul is instilling this, um, you know, discipline, this accountability, all these different things that maybe Booker had a little bit of, but now that he's got this backcourt mate alongside uh, and, and he talks about being the backcourt mate of Chris Paul, he still defers in that way. I think that's a high level of respect that they both share for each other. Part of the reason why I believe this is going to work. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to work? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's such a weird season, all things considered, to to look at, you know, what the Suns' potential is moving forward. Uh, but I think that the impact Chris Paul has on Booker is palpable. I think his impact on Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, the guys I've already mentioned, taking these big steps uh, is also noticeable. Uh, and my hope is that, uh, you know, some of that impact will also wear off on the guy who should be his backup in campaign, and hopefully he can get healthy. I know he's out again tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, the Suns won't have to go up against Drew Holiday, who's out for the Bucks. But, you know, like we talked about, this is a situation you're going to every game, teams are missing people. It just so happens that the Suns have been kind of going through a stretch where they've been missing a lot of guys that play. Uh, and if they can keep getting wins, uh, it could end up paying huge dividends when it's all said and done in, in April and May. John Bloom, great stuff as always. Enjoy hearing you on these broadcasts, and I'm just happy for you that you're getting to cover a good basketball team now. Well, it has been a long time, Luke, as you know, uh, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be even more fun as we continue to get more fans in the stands. Uh, can't wait to get your thoughts on the arena, get you in there. I know you've been going for years, too, so uh, it's, it's a really cool place, what they've done with it. The team obviously playing well helps. Uh, I have a resident rapper now on the Suns postgame show. Zane Zor is busting out victory raps after every win that we're playing it on the show. These are, these are the dreams. When you're a postgame show host, Luke, you know, you even go on a house band, which I've always joked about having a house band. We don't have that, but we got a house rapper. It's even better. Yeah, it is even better. It's just a party this year, and I'll absolutely come out and check out that arena whenever they'll let me in. Yes. All right. Yes. Thanks a lot, Bloomer. Good it. stuff, man. You bet, Luke. See you.